All right, welcome to the show one more time. And don't ever stop watching because I always have fabulous guests like my guest today, Austin Hope, who owns Austin Hope Winery in Paso Robles, California. What's so exciting about him being on the show, besides, you know, I only have authentic leaders, but on top of that, his wine won last year's American Winery of the Year. So stay tuned. Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, you know what this show is all about. And many of you don't know, but I've owned a leadership development firm for 25 plus years. And you know what I love? I love working with leaders in companies to stay authentic and to build their brand and to show up with presence. That's what I do. That's all you need to know about me. Let's get into the show. I want to introduce to you Austin Hope of Austin Hope Winery. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. Excited to be on the show. Well, I have to start by asking about those two pictures. What are they? So uh, these pictures are uh, actually uh, painted by elephants in Thailand. So we were... Uh, my wife and I went on a trip to Thailand and <clears throat> we visited an elephant sanctuary, which does a you know, tremendous amount of work on helping to not only save, but to, but educate people on, on elephant, elephants uh, across the globe. And, and so we toured the facility and, and, and we, we got to ride with the elephants, hang with the elephants, learn a tremendous amount about the elephants at the end of the at the end of it, they said, uh, well, the elephants can, elephants can paint, too. And I said, really? <laughs> I said, come on. <laughs> so. We, uh, they gave us a palette. They said, pick some, uh, pick some colors and put them on your palette. And there's a brush. And then I said, not what? And they said, uh, give, uh, give the brush to the elephant. And I hand my brush to the elephant. He grabbed it from me. And, and then he said, point, pick a point to a color you want. And I pointed to the color I wanted. And, and then he said, uh, and the elephant just staring at me the whole time. And they have very life, uh, very uh, human-like eyes. It's pretty, very, very incredible. And I pointed to a color and it, it grabbed it and, and swiped some of it and then looked back at me like, okay, now what? And, uh, <laughs> and looked at the guy and he said, what do I do? He says, you just make strokes wherever you want on, and they'll do copy you. And so I did. And these were my strokes of so the, the real colored red and red and blue on his mind. And, and the other more, uh, more, uh, uh, you know, petite strokes and smaller strokes is my wife. She was a little more, you know, thoughtful about where she put things where I'm talking with my hands and I'm all over the place. And so that, that's what mine looked like. We actually turned it into their wine labels for our state vineyard. Uh, uh, the one on the right is, or the the my wife's is a is a, a Grenache, and the other one is a, our state Syrah. Well, that's a fascinating story. And speaking of fascinating stories, I want to know all about you winning the American Winery of the Year. Tell us what that experience was like. It was uh, it was pretty amazing, actually. It was uh, unexpected, and, and uh, you know we're extremely grateful that the team is is over the moon. It's uh, you know we've been 
been at it here a long time and, and, and we we definitely work under the radar and, and, and never really look for look for accolades or chase scores or any of that type of things we just want to make make great wine for all to enjoy it at fair fair prices and and uh, the wine enthusiast uh, once a year recognizes several several different awards from uh, american winery of the year uh, european winery of the year um you know person of the industry of the year a handful of other awards innovator innovators of the year and you know it's a worldwide publication and it's um it's pretty amazing you know they, they obviously they they're critics for, uh, for wines across the world they do their top 100 wines of the year we've been on that a couple of times luckily enough and 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 they just they called and they said uh you know we've we've uh we've been watching you and watching your business and uh and they have access to iri data and nielsen data and you know they talk to distributors and they watch the marketplace and see what's going on in the market and they um said we think you're we want we want to put you as a as a in the mix for being the American winery of the year. And so we were went up against a handful of the wineries. And then a few weeks later, they called and said, you've been selected. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's quite a process. And they went through it all in pretty detailed and then gave us a reason why they chose us. And um, so that's it. So now we go to uh, San Francisco on July, January 30th, where there'll be uh, leaders from the uh, wine and spirits industry from all over the world they fly in and gather it's a pretty pretty amazing group of people that are there it's definitely the who's who of the, of the wine and uh, spirits world uh, all in one big area and and we get up there and we accept the award so it's uh it's, it's pretty special and well deserved my husband well, and I thoroughly enjoy your wines as you know uh, you know one more thing about that experience, Austin, that you shared. And by the way, the woman that did all the coordinating with me to get you on the show, Letty, uh, who works for you, said that when I asked, you know, what's he like? The first thing he, she said was generous. And tell us about the people that you brought in tuxedos to receive <laughs> the award with you. So there's there's a there's a handful of our guys that have been with us for oh 25 plus years and 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 started you know in the fields hoeing weeds and then as we transitioned into winemaking moved them in and uh, you know when we first started uh, the Triana Winery it was '96 and I grabbed uh, Jesse and said uh, he you know I'd hoed weeds with him since I was uh, seven years old and I said hey um, uh, you want to learn how to make wine come with me and so it was him and I kind of first first got started in the wine industry and then we've grown over the years. And, but there was about seven uh, core, core, uh, core men that had been in, uh, like I said, working in fields and, and, you know, their whole lives and we brought them in and now they're, you know, highly, highly trained, skilled winemakers and, and work for us. So, you know, and they don't, this is not something they, they do. So I chose them as, uh, along with some other people to come and sit at our table. And so they'll, they'll go up on stage with me and, and uh, accept the award. And, They've never been to a, a, a black tie event or something at this this uh, level, and uh, so they're, uh, we ran them tuxedos, and they're all excited. And they're going to go up there, and we're going to accept the award. I'm taking them with me. That's pretty special. I'll bet that is. is a memory in their lives and their families' lives forevermore that you gave them. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I'm just visualizing as you said it, and I can just kind of see them walking up there with you in in tuxedos, Austin. Yeah, pretty exciting. You know, uh, 
having researched your story, I'd love for you to tell us about your first days. You were age 22, is that correct, when you took over the winery? Mm -hmm. yep. I'd love for you to tell us just, you know, how did you feel those those few first days and what was the event that gave you this impetus to take over the family winery? Well, I'd, uh, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd grown up in the, in the vineyards and my, my, my folks, you know, they, they came here in 1978 and started planting wine grapes, my mom and dad. And, and we did that for a long period of time, grew wine grapes and sold them. They, you know, went to other places and we dabbled around in the uh, in the mid '80s and, and had a small little tasting room, but we really weren't in the wine business per se at that point. Um, but then when we got together with um, with Chuck Wagner and, and and created the Triana brand and and took over the Liberty School label and all this was a kind of happening. And my uncle, my dad's brother, was in in the really kind of part more part of the wine side of it, and. Um, he was going to run the business and I would slowly work into it. I was just getting out of college and I just moved back from working for uh, Chuck Wagner in Napa Valley. And, um, and then, uh, my uncle tragically died. And so it was basically, it was it, my father came to me and said this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do this. Can you do this? And Chuck Wagner said, you know, can you handle this? And luckily I was young and dumb and I'm like, yeah, how hard could it be? So, <laughs> <laughs> So I jumped in at, at 22 and like I mentioned earlier, grabbed Jesse from the fields and said, come on, you're going to learn to make wine. And we hired a salesperson. So we were three people in, in 96 and, uh, we just put our heads down and went. So it was, uh, it, it was, it was pretty, pretty terrifying, quite honestly. I mean, it was scary, right? You don't know what the hell you're doing and think we know what I'm doing. And, but you know, we had, we had good mentors and, and uh, good people behind us and that pushed us to, to be great. And, you know, we've had our ups and downs, but. But, you know, here we are today, we're, you know, about a hundred people and we're in every state and we're in 30 countries. So we've had some, been a long road, but it's been, it's been uh, very gratifying. What a story. What a story. And I ask all my guests some lessons learned, top takeaways. And uh, one of them that relates to this, Austin, is you said, um, just be authentic. Talk to us about that. So here you are, 22. Yes, you grew up in the winery. Uh, but still, I mean, what was your first sense that, okay, I can do this? Um, I, luckily, I was born with pretty good confidence. So even if I didn't know, know what I was doing, I, I would just pretend I knew what I was doing. Um, so, you know, we hit the road, I mean, you know, not only were we making, making wines, but it was also, we needed to sell it. So I was on the road for probably two and a half or three weeks for majority of my career, traveling the country and, and, and talking to, to distributors and, and, uh, and consumers and, and restaurants, and retailers, and, and telling the story and, and trying to get them to believe in us. And, um, and it's, it's funny because, you know, we've, after we've had some success here, you know, it's talking to some of the distributors, they, they reflect on it, you know, because now we've become a, a very important part of a handful of distributors business. And I we were just in Dallas a few, a few weeks ago and was meeting with some of the heads, heads of RNDC and, and they were like, well, you brought us to this party. You've been, you've been yelling at us for, for 20 plus years on how great Paso is. And here you are. And here we are we're all together and, and 
Paso is, is, is doing wonderful and, and you're the top supplier, one of the top suppliers for us. And, but I was, uh, I was tenacious. I never gave up. I just kept pushing and grinding at night and I never, I never looked back. Right. So, I mean, we, it was, it's actually funny because back then I lied about my age and because I was so young and I'm meeting with, you know, heads of distributorships and I'm telling them they got to sell, you know, sell, sell Paso wines and sell our wines and, mm-hmm. and why, why we're great on and on and on. And, and they just, you know, a couple of times they'd ask and they'd say, how old are you? And I'd say, I'm 35. And then, <laughs> I'd be 45. So I mean, so I mean even one of them made a comment the other day. He said, well, you sure have aged well. You should be about 70 by now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Tell us about your family. Who's involved in it and, and uh, what, what are they all about? Well, I'm mom and dad of, uh, obviously, the patriarchs of the business, and, and they, you know, helped, helped gave us the opportunity and opened the window for uh, for us to, to uh, grow a wine business. And, um, you know, they've always been just been great mentors. They, you know, not necessarily were involved in the, the growing of, of this particular winery, but they've always been there and always pushed and uh, been supportive and, and great, gave great advice and life lessons and encouraged and in times of, you know, ups and downs. Um, my, 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 our daughters are, uh, the 20 and, um, and 17 and, uh, one's in, uh, in Bozeman goes to school there and the other one is, um, a senior. So in both of them, the last few years have started working at our tasting cellar. Um, one of them, uh, the youngest Avery, she'd worked actually in the winery one summer and uh, learned a little bit about production and then, uh, followed her sister's steps and went over to the tasting cellar and learned, uh, hospitality and. She was a bar back there. And Ainsley came back last summer, and she she was uh, promoted up to be a host. And um, so they're they're learning the business. They they both are showing um, signs that they would like to be in the business. So you know, I mean, parents uh, hope and dream, and you know, hopefully they come back, and, and that that's that's what they're going to do. So we're hopeful they'll, they'll be back into the business. And that would be special. So if I go to the tasting room, let's talk about business etiquette. You know, professionalism in the workplace is my specialty. And the word etiquette still is very valid and relevant. So I'm just thinking about when I walked into your tasting room when I was there last couple of years ago, Austin, and... Um, I I pay special attention to things other people maybe wouldn't like. Well, how am I how am I greeted by the people behind the uh, the bar area? And do they smile? You can pass this on, by the way. <laughs> but you know, I I've got a little bit extra a tune there, which they all did great, by the way. But you told me the funniest story about what other what people say. Like what some people shouldn't say, would you give us some business <laughs> etiquette lessons so that those of us who enjoy wine and go to wineries, we know from your perspective what you'd appreciate and not. Oh, yeah. We, we were joking about it. Yes, we talked a little bit before the show. And uh, one of the things that makes me laugh is we've done, you know, trade shows across the world forever and, and, and you know, dinners and so on and so forth. And then in the tastings, you know, obviously at our tasting cellar. And the one that's kind of our internal joke and amongst the family and 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 uh, and, and team is uh, 
people will come and they'll sit down and, and you know, as you, you've seen, we are, we're, we're very serious about etiquette as well. Extremely serious. I mean, so much so that we'll shut down one day a month. And then uh, like right now, we're getting ready to shut down for three days in a row. We, we actually have trainings, uh, staff trainings that, that are etiquette training. We follow Michelin guide type training mm-hmm. system. So it's about guest experience. That's super important to us. And, and as you know, and seen, we, you know, we run it like a restaurant. You're greeted immediately with a, with a small taste of wine. And then you're, you're seated. It's a seat. They're all seated tastings. And then you're assigned a host or a steward, excuse me. And they will come in and take you through the, the journey of the wine taste. They'll give you as much or as little information as you would like. They read you, they read the crowd. Um, and then they walk you through and they tell you stories about it. And then, and they'll, talk a lot or talk a little they read you and 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 understand what you would like how you would like the experience to go so kind of a bit of like a restaurant right it's it's so uh so it's important so etiquette but what the funny thing about what you brought up is, is a lot of times you'll be you know they'll pour a glass of a taste of wine and then the person will taste it and smell it and, you know and then be like hmm and then they'll look and be this you know what this is actually pretty good <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, well, what did you think it was going to be? You know? I mean, <laughs> and I don't, they don't mean to be, but now it's, I've taken it. It's, it's just, it makes me laugh. So if, any, so, so if I ever meet anybody that's listening to the show and I taste with you and you tell me it's actually pretty good and I start laughing, you'll know why I'm laughing. <laughs> so, so reverse this a little bit. What would be the highest compliment I could give you when I'm tasting the wine? Uh, I would say the... This is a very pleasing wine, and I, I, you know, thank you for making such wonderful wines. There you go. It's really pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's no different than someone. I love to cook, Austin, and so I entertain a lot with your wine. And uh, the highest compliment from them is, first of all, that they eat everything, <laughs> but along the way that they say something as simple as this is really good. I mean, that's pretty simple right. to say, right? It okay. is. And I cook a lot as well. And so it's and, and entertain a lot. And, uh, and that is, I, I watch for that because it's, uh, you know, you go out of your way and make, you know, there's a lot to cooking, right? And yeah, especially if you're intense about it. So if you're doing certain things and if they pick up on a, a nuance of something, you know, I do, sometimes I'll, I do these roasted carrots and, uh, and then I mm. char them and I just finish them with a, with a, you know, either maybe either like a clove, like a slight little hint of clove or or or, uh, or cinnamon, mm. and and if they pick up, what is that flavor? What is that taste? This is really good, you know. So if they pick out nuances of things that we're doing that I'm doing when I'm cooking, and that that's exciting too, right? They'll they'll give it. Okay, so that that goes to um, really a simple question for me, probably not to answer, but as simple. You know, uh, when I'm cooking and I'm, I know exactly what I need to put in basically, but then, and you can tell the question I'm going to ask you, then I have to experiment. So I've just always wondered, how do you come up with these new recipes? That's my words. I, I, I'm a, I do it on the fly, I, uh, similar to what you just said. So I just think about things like in the day because I, I'm the, I'm the only cook at the home and. Uh, I cook, uh, if we're in town, I cook, I cook a meal. So it's one of my big, big things that I like. So with, if everybody's home, we, we have a family dinner every night and we sit down and we all eat together and uh, we take care of my grand, uh, my, my wife's grandfather. We moved him out from Texas after his wife passed. And so he's with us every night at dinner and 
and uh, my one daughter that's or one daughter slept. So it's um, I just think about things during the day. Like, okay, I'm gonna uh, you know, like last night I did a I did kind of an, an Asian chicken dish, one sheet pan type thing with sweet potatoes and different things. And as I'm thinking about it, like, what else can I put in there to, to to kick this up a little bit? And then you know, okay, oh, and then oh, you know, it'd be good some tahini. So then I made tahini sauce, you know, and then drizzled that on top at the very end. And um, so just it's really just a, a I just think like my mind is always racing. So I'm a, a pretty hyper mind. And, and so I'll just be wandering around the daytime. you thinking like, Oh, well, it's like the carrot thing. I'm like, I wonder if you put a little clove on that, you know, it's a very huh. strong flavor, but if I just put just a touch of that, maybe a little touch of cumin on it, I think they would balance each other out. Um, so I just think like that. And I, so recipes just kind of me. And then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll read, you know, books. I'll, I'll get, you know, cookbooks people give me or different things like that. And I'll just go through them and, um, and I'll just, a few little things will pop out and then that becomes the inspiration for me. So, so because I do, obviously, you know, you can get stale in, in, in cooking kind of the same things. And um, so I'm always just looking for something just to throw something at me, right? Like, uh, you know, coconut milk. Okay, well, I'm going to do this with coconut milk or throw something, just like pick an ingredient, a lemongrass. Oh, I'm going to try and do something with lemongrass. <laughs> and then just kind of just go from spices to mixes. And I mean, I made a, a cashew uh, a cashew sauce one time for cauliflower and a, a really, really well-known chef. He came over for dinner and I cooked it. He says, what is this? And he was like, and I said, it's a cashew, uh, cashew sauce that I made. And he goes, man, this is good. I want to put this on my recipe for my vegetarian dish. And I'm going to do the same thing with cauliflower, cauliflower steak. He's like, can you give me the, can you give me the, uh, <laughs> the, the, how you made it? And I'm like, that's a really good question. And I said, let me, uh, let me think about it. So it took me about a week and I started thinking about it. I'm like, what did I put in there? And, I, and then I started going through my spice rack. I'm like, okay, put this, put this. Okay, 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 I got it. So then I, <laughs> then I said, um, and he said, okay. So he was on his menu for a while, which is pretty cool. I wonder if most vintners have to be good cooks. What do you think? I think, um, I think it goes with it. I think if you have a creative mind um, and, and you're a maker, I think um, it's a natural thing. So most of the, a lot of the wine winemakers I know are are uh, good good cooks, and they like to cook typically. So it's just kind of I don't know. Maybe it goes along hand in hand with the you know sensory types of stuff that we do mm. and we taste. Um, it's such a you know food and wine are such a you know brother and sister for lack of a better term. Like just they just you're hand in hand, you know. And so I think it's it's natural for for winemakers to think that way. It's so interesting, so interesting to get in your head and think how you think. One of the things you shared is your teachable uh, lessons learned along the way is you said, uh, do the footwork ahead of time. So I'm just thinking, Austin, what it must take from your perspective to get from your winery, even before the wine is made, right? all the way to my table. Can you just give us a brief explanation of what that journey is for the grapes? It's, 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 it's intense and it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that you can talk all day about really, because I don't think people realize what, what it takes to, uh, to get it to your table, how many hands have touched it, right? I mean, we, That's right. we think about, we've, we've selected the variety that we want to grow, that we plant the variety, and, not, and along that, we've got to pick out what rootstock, 
what clone, because there's different clonal selections that, that have different attributes. One might have more tannins, one might have more acid, one might be darker in color, one might be, et cetera. I mean, it's good. list goes on. And you can compare that with the right rootstock because you got to know what kind of soil it is. So they all, all will act differently when you, you plant them. So then we plant them, then we nurture them. And everybody, how many people have touched those vines for three years at least? And then we get our first harvest. Then a bunch more people will touch them when they har- we harvest them. Then we make a decision on how we're going to ferment the grapes. Um, you know, there's multiple things we can do during fermentation. And, and then we then it goes from there, then it goes to a barrel, and then it sits around for two years. And then we another team comes in and we assemble blends, make decisions on blending. And then while that's going on, we've got to, we're working in, in marketing. Like, okay, where's this wine going to go? What 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 are our target accounts? Uh, we assemble a, we assemble marketing plans, and we and then we um, we we have uh, you know launch dates. We 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 talk to our distributors, and and then we go past that. Then we talk to our retailers, and then we have a target restaurant list, and then. We start assigning these things where every case of wine should be going, um, even before we've we've bottled the wine, and then we bottle the wine after we've made labels and ordered glass corks, made all these decisions, right? From what the color of the capsule is, what 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 type of cork it is, what what the label look like, is the label why is it a white wine? Do we coat it so the label if it's stuck in in a in a, an ice bucket, the label doesn't fall off? Um, we make the boxes, we, so we've got. There's so much moving parts, right? Yeah. And then we bottle the wine, and bottling the wine is is extremely intense because everything's got to be perfect. Because if we get any bacteria in there, then it can start growing down down the road, and then the bottle turns bad. And then and then we go, and then we got to take it to market, right? And then we got to have a go to market strategy, which we've been developing for a year, typically. Like we've got two new SKUs we're going to release this year that we've been planning basically for two years, mm-hmm. and we've we've got them teed up. All the team is, is educated on them. We've got all the point of sale material. We've got the marketing calendars of where it's going, when it's going to get uh, into a supermarket, will there be an activation around it, um, so on and so forth. So it just it really goes for a long ways. And then finally, to get to the shelf, and then we got to hope that everything we've done right, and we've been given a fair position on that shelf, so you see it, mm-hmm. then we got to hope you pull it off the shelf. And then we've got to, from that point, we've got to hope that we made the right decision and we made the right wine, the wine tastes right and priced it right for you to come back and buy another bottle of wine. Wow. That makes me really tired. (laughs) (laughs) You would have to be hyper to do what you do, I think. Yeah, you sure do. And I'll just leave it with this. You'd have to, and weigh in on this, you'd have to love it. Because, yeah. I mean, there's then the farmer aspect, getting your hands dirty. I bring that up, and I don't want to uh, leave without saying this to you. <laughs> I've heard people who say, oh, I think I'm going to go out and start a winery. And, and they usually say that because they know a lot about it. But I often wonder from some... Uh, are you going to dig in the dirt and get your hands dirty? Or are you just going to hire people to do that? What would you say? Well, it's, um, <laughs> it's a fair question because I've had probably, I don't even know how many. So many people have come to me because we've been here for so long uh, that are just getting started in business. And some of them that we've helped, um, 
have been, have had success and there's been a few that, you know, didn't listen. And I told them that they weren't prepared for something that they guessed and didn't understand it and, and they failed. And, and then we've had some, we've got one in particular that came and then said, you know, I really wish I would have listened to you and not got the wine business and just stayed being a farmer. And, and, uh, I'm remorseful that I didn't take your advice, <laughs> um, but some of them, you know, they do. I mean, I, I, we walk them through, I mean, if they're serious and sincere, you know, I'll always give them a time and talk to them because, um, there's one thing that I love more than anything is I love, I love the region Paso. So, and our whole team speaks this way and that, and it's, it's, it's Paso first and then it's our brands. Oh. Um, so we, you know, we speak Paso. I mean, my, 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 my goal in life is to have, have a, a Paso be a, a global name. And just as Napa is today, you could go anywhere in the world and say Napa and ask them what that is. And they would tell you it's a wine and they may not know where the hell it is, but they know it's, they know it's a wine. <laughs> And so I, and I think we can do it with Paso. So it takes a, it takes a team and it takes a region and it, and it takes everybody to be supportive. So, um, it's tough. And then, uh, we'll continue to help and encourage people and, uh, behind the scenes. We help a lot of people behind the scenes that we don't, we don't talk about publicly, but we want everybody to be successful. We really do. And if they really have the passion and the desire and the drive and really actually listen and understand what we're trying to tell them about the wine industry, um, we mentor and help a ton of people. And so it's, uh, but it is, it's scary. Like you don't have a concept, right? I mean, we first get into it. It's, it's, it's a romantic type of conversation we're having. And, and, but then you, and, and financially people have a clue. I mean, financially it's, it's extremely expensive to be in this industry because the simplest way to look at it is by the time you release your first bottle of wine, you've probably already bought at least two vintages of grapes, mm. two vintages barrels you've you've aging two 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 years of wine and then you finally bottle it and by the time you see a dollar from the first one you make it's probably three years and people don't concept that sometimes and so the financial aspect is is a real one and and i always tell them not to be too ambitious in the beginning because that's the scary part where you get in trouble and why wineries go down because they thousand cases may not may not sound like a lot it's but when you first start out it's a tremendous amount of wine and not just because you think it's beautiful and you love it and it's wonderful and you think it's worth 50 bucks, but you got to convince other people and that's very difficult to do. So mm. <laughs> you just be wow. cautious, tread in lightly. Austin, I have more than loved this interview. I knew I would. Uh, and I've learned so much. I can't wait to uh, get on the airplane or as Doug would say, we're going to drive the truck, honey, <laughs> so we can yeah, bring the yeah. wine back. <laughs> well, we're we're a direct flight from Dallas now to uh, San Luis Obispo, which is just 30 minutes south of us. Isn't And uh, American Airlines, you fly direct here from Dallas. And uh, you can see us, uh, Google us. We're at uh, HopeFamilyWines.com. And come see us. And, of course, we're going to do that. And that's in the banner right under your picture, Austin. You know, in Texas, uh, when we say goodbye, we say goodbye and y'all come back. What yep. would you say to the audience as we end the show? I would say goodbye. Thank you for listening. And thanks to you. And we look forward to uh, hosting you at, at our tasting cellar and, and showing you uh, the etiquette and hospitality and, and uh, uh, service that you deserve. And I will say to the audience, when you go, you be sure that you saw this interview and that's what drove you to do it. So, Austin, 
Thank you so very much. And I invite you to stay, as I always end the show, with a Valerieism, which is just a little philosophical piece. So Love God it. bless you for all the wonderful things you're doing. And I use that word very strongly because uh, you are an authentic, warm, encouraging leader. And I think that probably has a lot to do with um, your faith and how you lead every day authentically. So stay tuned, Austin. Thank you. All right. So here's my Valerieism for today. Uh, when you've grown it, you own it. How do you like that? When you've grown <laughs> it, you own it, right? I like it. I like it. And, and thank you. I just think that when you, in any business, and I'll speak to mine as well, when you own something, meaning whether it's your company or you own the role that you have, you got to own it. It takes effort. It takes, I would say, a compassion and a love for what you do. And listen, if you're doing something that you don't like, would you stop? There's no reason to stay in a role where you're complaining, 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 because that just spirals you down and everybody else. So stop it. Quit. Leave. Do something you like. And when you do, then you can own it and then you'll make a difference. And that's my Valerieism for today. I think it's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Until next time, you know what I always say, make your mark and make it count. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.